The whole way home, I was in a daydream. Simon hadn't been in the office much lately, and he'd struck me as a bit distant whenever we did run into one another. I was worried he might be trying to avoid me, but then he'd phoned and asked me to dinner at Farrington's, which was the kind of formal, expensive, discreet place you don't just roll up to in the hope of a quick snack. You certainly don't invite someone there casually. He was a bit curt on the phone, but maybe someone was in the room with him. Don't drive, he said. Take a taxi there and I'll meet you and pay for it. He wouldn't have said that if something was wrong. He won't be distant tonight, I told myself. But how would he be? I'd been turning it over in my mind for days. As I let myself into my flat, it occurred to me that he might have bought a ring to give me. Tonight might turn out to be the night when it happened. Maybe he was going to tell me that he and Gail were divorcing. They'd consulted lawyers, discussed everything. I could imagine Simon saying, Bet you thought I was bullshitting, didn't you? Bet you thought I'd never have the guts to do it, but look, here's the proof. I imagined the ring exactly, lying in a small box lined with dark blue velvet, diamonds clustered round a square-cut ruby. I spent ages in the bath. I put on sheer black tights and my favourite LBD, smart but not too dressy, and tried to stop myself wondering what might happen after dinner. Would he come back here? Would he spend the night? Maybe he'd already told Gail that he was going to be away. I was almost light-headed with happiness as I sat in the back of the cab on the way to the South Bank. Did I have time to email Jay? She'd been my best friend since college, Her real name was Julia, but she refused to be called that. We'd been on a gap year together, first to the Far East and then to New Zealand to see my dad, who'd run away to the other side of the world the minute he and my mum divorced. Nowadays, he and I Skype and email and dad could easily be in Scotland or somewhere, but back then I missed him and felt the distance keenly. Jay and I had a blast and it was hard to leave New Zealand and come back to college. After graduation, she got a high-powered job in a finance company in Manhattan, and I went to work on my local paper. Although we didn't see each other that often, we were always chatting or emailing. I'd been at the local paper for a few years, graduating from editorial assistant to feature writer, and was thinking it was high time I got out of that office. I had my own perfectly okay, if tiny, flat, But all the time I was longing to get to London and to a real job on a proper paper, or even better, a fashion magazine. I saved as much as I could of my salary every month. Then I saw an ad in the Media Guardian and answered it. The job was assistant to the fashion editor at Lipstick magazine, and definitely meant for someone much younger than me, but I was so desperate that I didn't mind a cut in pay. The fashion editor didn't look a bit like my idea of a fashion editor. I wasn't sure what I'd been expecting, but Felix Priestley looked more like a bank manager. A tall, rather skinny man with horn-rimmed glasses and thin hair, wearing what I later discovered was something like a uniform for him. Dark suit, white shirt and a tie so nondescript as to be practically invisible. "'Come and sit, Megan.' he said to me. Or should I call you Miss Pritchard? No, Megan is fine, I said. He smiled and that transformed his face. He instantly looked mischievous and fun, and I could see him as he must have been when he was a little boy. 
He started to explain to me what I was going to have to do once I'd started at lipstick, and after a bit I interrupted him. Excuse me, but aren't you interviewing other people? What you're saying makes me think that perhaps I've got the job. Oh, of course you've got the job. No point interviewing other people if I'm happy with you, is there? Well, I murmured, not really sure of what I ought to be saying. And do call me Felix. We can't be having surnames if we're going to be working closely together. I'll just get Simon in here so that you can meet him. He's the editor, but I can't see him objecting to you if I'm happy. Simon Gradwell came into the room. His eyes were so blue that I thought he must have been wearing contact lenses. He had a slight Scottish accent, which made every word he said sound reassuring. You've come down from Nottingham, haven't you? he said. Northampton. Oh, I'm sorry.